Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by our guest speaker be a blessing to your life and helping you to grow in your understanding in God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Well, it's a pleasure. It is a pleasure to have this youngster come and break word today. I mean, he just, um, just the other day, he got his license to drive. <laughs> and uh, come on up here. And, uh, but he is such, both Pastor and Linda are such dear friends. And um, no, we're going to come up here. We're going to keep you up here today. What do you need? I'll bring anything you want. I'll bring all oh, okay. your stuff up here. I'll get you going. And I'll bring all this. I'll bring a chair up for you and everything. So I'm a slow learner. That's why I just got my license. Yes. So, years. you know, how many times did you take your license anyhow? I don't, I don't want to say because I don't want to <laughs> discourage anybody if they see me driving the road. Like, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be here. <laughs> all right. Well, listen. Are you ready to hear the word of God? While he gets ready and talks a little bit, I'm going to get all his stuff up here with the chair. And Paul, you can grab that chair, too. And we'll set you up. I got okay? the mic. All right. Fantastic. By the way, could we be brothers? I decided to wear a vest today. I wanted to invest in Pastor Brian because he <laughs> always is wearing a vest. What an and, investment you did today. And I thought if I wore this, it might make me look 12 years younger, like maybe 60, like, like your pastor is. <laughs> Amen. You did a good investment today. Thank, that is, yeah, thank you. Did. All right. Good I job. I love it. I love it. Oh, the only thing about this vest is mine is heated. I don't know if yours is or not. But I got the heated version my daughter bought, so when I go hunting, I don't freeze. I thought it was bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not bulletproof, but we could get something like that. But yeah, I got a little battery here in the pocket, and it heats the front, heats the back, and wow, I'm, I'm just ready to go. She was concerned about me freezing out there waiting for a deer to walk by. And um, so anyway, you know, a reporter uh, decided to do a survey of churches in America, and he... Uh, Thank you so much. All my stuff here, my show and tell. I love it. Show and tell. And uh, first of all, thank you for allowing me to come again and share. And how many enjoyed the party last two Saturday nights ago, right? We surprised him. You all surprised him up until he pulled in the parking lot. And then, and then he saw all these cars. But um, wow, that was a great surprise to celebrate his 39th birthday. But... Um, <laughs> Anyway, this reporter decided to do a survey of churches. He started in California and started to come across the country. And almost every church he went into, he noticed in the foyer of the church they had a golden telephone and it said, talk to God, $1,000. He's like, wow. So he kept traveling every church he went into until he came to Salem County. And he came into this church. And um, he noticed in the foyer of this church there was a golden telephone, but it said, talk to God, 50 cents. So he went and he talked to Pastor Brian and he said, you know, I've been to all these churches across America and everybody wants $1,000 and the gold phone to talk to God. I came in here and it's 50 cents. He says, sir, I want you to know you're in Salem County. This is God's country and it's a local call. <laughs> so what can God do in Salem County? The same thing you do all over the globe where people love him and serve him and worship him and are excited about him. Um, Happy birthday, Pastor Brian, again. He's not 60 yet. He has a few days, soon to be. A little boy in Sunday school asked Pastor Brian recently, he said, how old are you? And the lad was like seven years old, and, and Pastor Brian said, I'm 60 years old. And the lad stood there thinking for a while, and he said, did you start at one? <laughs> what, what would you say if instead... What would you say if instead of a nice wrap gift, someone gives you dirt or sand on your birthday? The answer would be, I appreciate the sediment. (laughs) Saturday night, you've had some dad jokes, okay? So these are a few of those kind of like dad jokes. You know you're old when, getting old when you go to an antique auction and three people bid on you. Um, But anyway... um, I'll move on from there. And uh, this past week, actually, it was a couple weeks ago now, this story was reported, true story, to all of you that are watching online and those who are here. Bessie Hendricks, the oldest person in the U.S., died on Tuesday, January 3rd, 
at Shady Oaks Care Center in Lake City, Iowa. She was a young 115 years of age. Born Bessie Sharkey on November 7, 1907 in Carroll County, Iowa, she graduated from high school in 1926, married Paul Hendricks in 1930. The two were married for nearly 65 years before he died in 1995. She had five children, nine grandchildren, 28 great-grandchildren, and 42 great-great-grandchildren. Before she married, she worked as a school teacher in a one-room schoolhouse. She lived through World War I, World War II, the Spanish flu epidemic, and 21 presidents. Wouldn't you like to sit with her and have her give you a history lesson? Theodore Roosevelt, the 26th president, was in office when she was born. In 2017, when she was 110, she said she was still an avid crocheter. Anybody hear crochet? Knit? Yeah, yeah, no, there's one. And that her favorite song was, You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are clear. Some of you know that song. On her 112th birthday, she said that she believed hard work a reluctance to go to the doctor, and regularly eating pie and cake were the reasons she lived so long. She also said her kids helped was another reason for her longevity. So Pastor Brian, have another piece of your birthday cake. <laughs> cake and pie. Do you ever feel guilty eating cake and pie? Yeah, because you've got calories. And Eat it, enjoy it. It's from God. It's a blessing, right? And Pastor Hammercheck, who pastored for years in Carnegie's Point, his favorite pies were round pies. That pretty much covered all of them. However, there was a person older than her, the oldest person in the world, Andrea Randon, an 118-year-old nun, just died January 17th in France. So in comparison to these super centenarians, if I pronounce that right, someone who lives over the age of 110, Pastor Brian is just a youngster almost half their age. Hopefully, Pastor Brian, that makes you feel like a young whippersnapper and have another piece of cake. And you're only 59, so you've got a long way to go. Um, I want to leave a few thoughts for all of us to meditate or to chew the cut on, as that phrase refers to. Probably things that are nothing new to most of us, but we all need reminders. Say, I need a reminder. I, I need reminders of what God's Word says. And our, our theme today is serve your generation. And uh, I also want to say thank you for this church's heart for children for the pro-life ministry and, and the cover of your bulletin. So precious. Um, there were a whole lot of folks that gathered, over 100,000 people that gathered on Friday. My daughter had a chance to go down. Our, our daughter is the executive director of the local pro-life ministry, Cornerstone Women's Resource Center, which started through the life of this church. And it celebrates 40 years this year. Pastor Brian and I serve on the board together and have for many, many years with many other precious people. People from our churches make it happen. They pray, they give, they show up, they roll up their sleeves, and they work. And uh, 50 years ago, Roe versus Wade was passed. A few months ago, it was erased. Hallelujah. But we have work to do because we, we realize the sentiment in our culture today, and there's a lot of people that say they want to keep killing unborn babies. It's amazing to me. I say every, birth, every child should have a birthday, a birthday to celebrate, rather than discarded in a trash can somewhere at a doctor's office. So thank you for your commitment. And by the way, you're here because your mother believed you were created by God. Don't ever forget that. No matter what your circumstances were of your birth, you were created by God. You were given a chance to live. Enjoy the presence and the present gift of life, and serve Jesus. I'm here today because my mother chose life. Even when abortion wasn't even on the table as such, there were people that had ways of getting rid of their children. In 1950, when I was born, there were people said to my mother, you can get rid of that child before I was born. Because my mother wasn't emotionally healthy, and she already had three other children to take care of. But she said yes to God and no to the voices around her. She had two more children afterwards. So don't ever take this, this thought lightly. God created us. What was together in our mother's womb. And uh, I'm so thankful for all those people that take a stand in so many ways. Pray, give, go, serve, speak to leaders. 
so forth, be involved in, in Cornerstone. And thank you for what you're doing with the baby bottles and uh, all the things you've done throughout the life of this church. A few verses that we want to look at, and then I'll, I'll go into my thoughts, and I know the time is flying. But I know that nobody has to leave early to get home in time to watch the Eagles game. <laughs> and no one should complain, because really when people are into their game, it doesn't even matter if it goes into overtime. But isn't three hours enough already? That's the average time of the game, and you're watching on TV, right? Some of you watched both the games yesterday. That's six hours worth. So if we go over 10 minutes, would that be okay? Yeah, yeah we can handle it. And don't worry about the other games. They don't count. You're going to play somebody next week, whatever. And then being the Super Bowl, right? Oh, there's one. There's one person that thinks that may happen. And, and obviously, it, it could. Uh, our, theme, our theme verse is, is Acts chapter 13, 36. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers, and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. That's Jesus. Say purpose. purpose. When, God, when David served God's, say God's purpose. God's purpose. That's so important you serve God's purpose. That's where the fulfillment comes in life, by the way. That's where the joy comes. If you want to do your own thing, do your own thing. You'll discover very quickly it doesn't really bring you all the joy that it was cracked up to be. Serve God's purpose. That's what it says about David. That's a great, great verse. And then um, a few other verses that we want to look at. Uh, Psalm chapter 90, <clears throat> verses 10 to 12. The length of our days is 70 years or 80, if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger, for your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So the average lifespan is not 115 or 112. It's 70 if perchance 80 years, which says right here in the song. Teach us the number of our days that are right. So God wants to give us wisdom on how to live. Am I correct from what I read here? And all through the Bible. Lord, help us to gain wisdom on how to live and not making all kind of foolish choices that lead to great pain and long-lasting consequences. Um, Ecclesiastes 7 and verse uh, 17. And I love this word, verse. Do not be over-wicked and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? I can tell you in the years I've lived, I've watched people die before their time because they did wicked things, they did foolish things, and it took their life. Nothing new because here's Ecclesiastes thousands of years ago. So you ought to just write that down and, and you ought to share that with people who are out there doing all kind of wicked stuff that, that lead to bad consequences. And do not be over wicked. Don't, don't be out there doing whatever, you know, walking the tightrope all the time and saying, I'm never going to fall. Don't be a fool. Why die before your time? See, we can cut our lives short by things that we do. And God doesn't stop us from every wicked thing we do. How many know that? Some of us here, if we had it to do over again, in fact, how many would say, I would make some changes? Everybody should raise their hand on that one. Because we all look back on some things we did and say, oh, boy, that was really dumb. But God spared my life. There are Pastor Brian said, but God, how many times God spared my life, his life? I can raise my hand. How many times God spared my life from things I did and then from things other people did? Um, but don't be making bad, foolish choices that are going to shorten the life that God has for you on the planet. Uh, Psalm 55, 23. And um, this verse says, But you, O God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of corruption. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men will not live out half their days. Again, if you're going to make bad choices and walk away from God, you may not live out at all the length of time that God would have wanted you to live. And then James chapter 4, another familiar passage of Scripture, uh, verses 13 to 17. And I think this speaks to everybody sitting here this, this morning because we can get caught up in what's going to happen tomorrow. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. 
What is your life? You're a mist or a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. What is your life? I burn wood to help with the heating bill. How many of you burn wood in your house? Did you ever watch the smoke come out of a chimney? In fact, when you fire it up sometimes and you go outside, you'll see a lot of heavy smoke for a while. It's gone just like that. Just watch. That's our life. And those of you here that are my age or almost as old as Pastor Brian, I'm nowhere near that. Um, you look back on your life and you'll say, wow, I remember I, I couldn't wait till I was 16 to drive a car. That was Pennsylvania where I grew up. Oh, I couldn't wait till I was 18. But I couldn't wait till I was 21 so we get married. I couldn't wait. Now you're in your 70s, 80s, 90s. Like, where'd time go? Yeah, like that. So the key in Scripture is, don't be living for tomorrow. Make good plans about the future with God in the whole picture. But live your life to the full today. I'm a, I'm a pretty realistic guy. I read the, the papers. Actually I, actually, I read Fox News and other news. I hear news and all that kind of stuff. So this morning, I opened up my phone. Ten people were shot and killed out in California celebrating the Lunar New Year. They were having festivities. Everything was fine. Over ten people wounded. They're gone. I look in the paper, there's a young man who was part of a polar plunge in, in the ocean. He drowned. They're look, looking for his body. There's another man, he's 19, I think. He's trained to be a, a, a jockey on a horse, horse racing. And his horse went the wrong way on the track, collided with another horse. His horse went down. He was killed. I mean, this is all stuff that's every day, right? So it didn't matter what the age was. 19? Yeah, that's too young to die. But that man's dead. I don't know all the ages of the people that were shot. They're all dead. And it happens every day. We see people that die from different things, whether it's a heart attack, stroke, an accident, a plane crash. And what what's a country was at just recently and all those people. This is real life. So live your life for today and make a difference for Jesus. Don't be procrastinating. Say, one of these days I'm going to, one of these days I'm going to, one of these days I'm going to. That one of these days may never come. But we have today. Amen? We have today. I'm blessed. God's given me 72 years. I don't know how much longer I'll have, but I know this for a fact. I'm going to live it for Jesus, and I'll make each day count. And I don't want to be wasting time and treading water and doing nothing for the kingdom. Here lies the body of Mrs. Jones, for her life had no terrors. She lived, she died. No hits, no runs, no errors. She did nothing. Just passed on through. I want to make a difference in my life. How about you? And a difference right here in Salem County where God is working, God is moving by his spirit. So I took the word birthday because of you, Pastor Brian. And um, I gave every letter a biblical principle. So stay with me. I'm going to try to go through this really quickly here. Uh, the B stands for believe that God created you. Genesis 1, 27 to 28. I'm not going to read all these verses. They're all there. They're all things that you're familiar with. Um, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God said it, and bang, there it was. How do you like that? Three questions that people ask, the three W's. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? I came from God. He created me. I'm here to serve God. And where am I going? If I continue to serve God, I'm going to heaven and not to hell. Believe that God created you. The I stands for intelligent design. Psalm 139, I preached on that a couple weeks ago. That's a constant theme. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. We, we are not the product of random chance happenings, not a result of slime to fish to a monkey to a wise professor in a classroom. Not a slow development over millions of years, not from a big bang explosion in the universe. Would you believe this story? I was in a junkyard one day. How many of you have ever gone to the junkyard for car parts? I love junkyards. In fact, when I'm in junkyards, I try to find the old cars, and I'll say, I used to have a car like that. And they had no computers, all these sensors, all this hard stuff. You go up in the hood, you actually see the engine. You can see the spark plugs and wires. You, you can jump right in. There was room. You can fix it. Now you open the hood, shut it, take it to the garage. 
And I'm getting parts all through my life. I'm getting parts for myself, my kids, to help people. I love it. I love it. I got grease in my veins. I've worked on cars so much. Well, I'm in this junkyard. I see a plane flying low over the junkyard. And all of a sudden, a bomb drops out. I knew it was accidental. I dove behind one of the junk cars. And the bomb hit. And there was stuff blown all over the place. There was pieces of cars. I could hear ricocheting off of the cars and off the trees and off the ground. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, I'm still alive. And I waited about five minutes, and finally the dust cleared. And when I opened my eyes and stood up, there in the clearing was a brand new Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> I was amazed. I was looking for the key to start it so I could drive it out. How many believe that story? Not a one of you. Because you know that car was made in a factory. If my father-in-law, Linda's father, was here today, he'd say, you're an idiot, if I told him that story. What have you been smoking? My, my father-in-law worked for 35 years for the GM plant in Linden, New Jersey, which closed years ago, putting together cars, piece by piece by piece, by craftsmen who knew what they were doing. Yeah. Are you all with me? Yeah. God put you together perfectly in every way. Intelligent design. I'm so glad. You're the product of a master craftsman, intelligent designer. He created you and me to serve him, and he's equipped us with everything we need for the mission. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Wow. Bible has all the truth for us, doesn't it? The R stands for... Um, Read, believe, and live the Bible. God's truth for victorious living for now and forever. A car maker includes an owner's manual in every car. And if you have a new car, you know there's one in there. How many of you ever read your owner's manual? One, two, three, four, five. Got a couple of you. You ought to all read it because it'll really help you get a lot of miles out of your car. But the ones who made it, put it there. God made us. The owner's manual is the Bible. Everything we need for life is there. First, uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says, All scriptures God breathes. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hallelujah. The T stands for trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Romans 3, 23, 6, 23, we've all sinned. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life. John 3, 3, you must be born again. You must have a relationship with Christ. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. I was talking to a person the other day, and she says, my life story, what a mess. She said, my, my favorite song is Amazing Grace. I said, me too. Because that's what God does. He takes some messes and turns it into a message. He makes us a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Barry McGuire, who was singing the hit song, Eve of Destruction, in the 60s, when the 60s looked like, like last year in our culture and all the turmoil and stuff going on, he got saved. Someone gave him a Bible. It was called Good News for Modern Men. Remember that version? He said, everybody needs some good news. He said, I'm tired of singing the blues. I feel bad, so, so, so bad. Take some more LSD. This was the 60s. I'm not making up. I lived through the 60s. Brian, Pastor Brian's going to be 60. I lived through the 60s, okay, as a teenager. And, and, and they gave him this copy of the Good News for Modern Men. He said, I need some good news. And he opened it up, and he saw inside, it said, the Holy Bible. He said, oh, my goodness, they disguised it as the Bible. I don't want to read that. He threw it on his coffee table one day in a drunken drug stupor as he's sitting in his living room on his couch. A wind through the, through the room, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit wind, and the pages of the Bible began to flap open. He picked it up and began to read it. And that was the beginning of his salvation experience. Because he was a hit star, all the disc jockeys on the radio stations wanted to interview him and about his experience with Christ or God. And... Um, one of them said to him, and I've, said that, I've told you this story before. One of them said to Barry, said, Barry McGuire, isn't it true that all you Christians, you've just been brainwashed? And he said, you're absolutely right. He said, I have dirty, sick brains, and Jesus scrubbed them clean. That's what Jesus does. Amen. He scrubs them clean. We get born again. From the inside out, we change. Hallelujah. Barry wanted to write all kinds of Christian songs, Christian musicals for kids and stuff. Awesome, awesome, awesome. H stands for humbly serve one another. Micah 6, 8, he has showed you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. 
If you will humbly work together with one another, you're going to have a long journey down the road of life. And if you're humble, you'll realize, I haven't learned everything yet. That's one of those parts of humility. Jeff Allen, who's a great Christian comedian, you ought to look at some of his stuff. You'll how. He, he says, I'm getting ready to call up Nassau. Nassau, he says, I have a 16-year-old kid who knows everything. He said, I'll make things up, and he'll look at me like, yeah, like everybody knows that. He said, I'm ready to send him to the moon without a spacesuit on. Maybe you want to pick this kid up. He knows everything. If you're that kind of person, you're not going far in life. And you're going to push people away from you. Walk humbly, love mercy, act justly. The D stands for daily fellowship with other believers. Hebrews 10, 24. Again, familiar passages. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Together we are better, or we are better together. And teamwork makes the... We were cleaning some stuff in our pool a year or two ago. And we have twin granddaughters. I think they were about 11 or 12 then. And there were some bricks that had fallen in from some cover we had around it. And I have the net, and I'm going to try to get it down to the deep section to get them out. And I'm sending the little fish down because they love to swim. I said, you get down in there, and you put that brick in the net I have there, and I'll pull it out. And we were doing it, getting it out. And they, they came up, and I said, wow, we got the job done. And one of the twins says to me, teamwork makes the dream work. I was like, you're absolutely right. I was like, kids even get that concept. We need to be together to do God's work, okay? Together means praying, crying, laughing, working, teaching, birthday partying, shaking hands, playing softball, basketball, hugging necks, sharing gifts, worshiping, preaching. I think all that comes under the heading of let us encourage one another. Amen? Amen? I mean, I look at a football game. That stadium at the Eagles was packed. There were people tailgating at 8 a.m. in the morning. They bought tickets for another venue because the parking lots adjoined because they couldn't be in the parking lot till 4. I read this all just recently. They're there at 8 a.m. already popping their Budweiser's, barbecue, drinking. They're going to be there the whole time, go into the game, and the place is packed. And the bottom line ticket was $260-some for the nosebleed level. And it was packed because they realized there's something that happens when all these people get together. And down on the field, when the players hear the fans cheering, man, I'll tell you, it's like, whoo! It's like Popeye and spinach. Am I right? The stadium was empty and nobody was there. Who'd be cheering on the players? Who'd be encouraging them when they're behind, like, you can do this? We encourage one another. We need to come together, even the more so as we see the day of the Lord approaching. We have work to do for Jesus. Don't be staying home. Don't be making excuses. Get involved. You will be blessed. Oh, where am I at? I'm at A. (laughs) Ask God. Pray to God for self and others. Pray for believers and unbelievers. Ask God for miracles of salvation, for healing, for deliverance, for guidance, for wisdom, for strong marriages and families, for finances, for courage to stand up against the woke agenda in our culture and and be men of God that will not bow even if we're going to be fed to the fiery furnace. Stand up and face persecution. Pray for jobs. Pray for forgiveness. Pray for help in doing his will. Ask God to make your life a blessing. And then, and, then, and then live it out. Um, this morning you sang as one of your songs, an old song, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. And I was trying to remember when Andre Crouch wrote that song, and I, I looked it right up because I have a computer right here like all of you carry. Andre Crouch and his twin sister, Sandra, were born in Los Angeles, California into a dedicated Christian home. Years later, Andre related the following to me. One day the call came to my father, Ben Crouch to speak for a small congregation about 60 miles from L.A. They urged him to preach on an interim basis until they could secure a pastor. During that first service, my dad called me up from the audience and asked, Andre, if God gave you music, would you use it for his glory in your life? He said, I wouldn't have been more shocked if he'd asked, would you like to be an astronaut? Three weeks later, during a service in that little church, as we were about to sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. My dad called up to me, Andre, come up here. 
He motioned to an upright piano nearby. He said, okay, if you're going to play, play. I said to myself, what? When the congregation began to sing, I found the right key and began to play with both hands. By the way, this is a turning point for his dad. You read the story. He said, if you'll give my, my son the gift of music, I'll pastor the church. Because he really didn't want to. Okay? He said, about two weeks later, my father gave up his business. And that was the beginning of the ministry of our entire family. I asked Crouch to give me the story behind his song, The Blood Will Never Lose His Power. He said, I was 14 years of age, three years following my initiation to the piano. And I'd been invited to a friend's home. It was Memorial Day, and there was a party with most of the guests being choir members. When I arrived, the people were in the backyard barbecuing and generally having a good time. I was so shy and little, I didn't want to go out there. I then said to the Lord, God, I really love you. I'd love to write songs for you. If you give me a song, I'll live for you forever. How many like to say, Lord, if you give me, I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. I'll, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm willing. But your will be done. There was a large piano in the living room, and I began to play. Suddenly, in my mind's eye, I could see Jesus carrying his cross up to Calvary, and I said, oh, the blood. And I began to sing the blood that Jesus shed for me. The people in the backyard heard me sing and came into the house. They began to weep as they came and joined in my song. That was the writing of my first song, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power, 1962, like a year before you were born. Andre Crouch and the disciples went on to minister all over the world. My wife will have at least five of their records. Back when they are making they're making records again. Pretty interesting. We saw them once live in a concert many years ago. Saying yes to Jesus. Being a blessing to others rather than, I want my way. I want to sing at the end of my life. I did it my way. Is that what you want to sing at the end of your life? Or you want to sing, I did it his way? Ask God to make you a blessing. I, I put down a couple of things real quickly here as I'm trying to bring this to, to a close. I know I have one more letter. I haven't forgotten. Um, Orville and Wilbur Wright. By the way, their dad was a bishop. They were believers. How many of you ever traveled on air flight? Our granddaughter just came back from Senegal. She was there with her college. It's like eight-hour flight. How many of you would like to take a slow boat to China which would take three to five weeks, or fly there in 14 to 15 hours. I just looked that up because I'm looking at facts and figures. Missionaries and ministers also get there quicker. Short-term mission trips, we get there quicker. We've been on a number of them. Um, air conditioning. When it's 95 degrees and it's high humidity in South Jersey, are you glad for the men and women who invented air conditioning? Come on, what a blessing. When you're getting ready to go on a trip in that same temperature, and you flip on the air conditioning in your car, are you singing hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, or are you going to be sweating, perspiring, and dying of the heat the whole journey? My wife and I traveled to Springfield, now, near Springfield, we traveled to Kansas for a wedding for my brother in the 70s with a car that had no air conditioning. We had the windows open. It was plenty warm air blowing through. I mean, just, you know, air conditioning, 455, four windows down at 55 miles an hour. And I remember her saying to me, Keith, if we ever take another long trip again in the car, we will not take it without air conditioning. We also had a little baby with us. How many remember those fun days? You walked into church on a Sunday night or Sunday morning. It's like, oh, my goodness. How many are glad for air conditioning? Someone invented something. We're all blessed by it. You ever had an MR? Anybody here have an MRI? That was invented by a Christian man who they told you'll never be able to do that. Raymond Damadian. And now it's all over the world. We have open and closed MRIs that see a whole lot more into the body than an X-ray and can help doctors solve problems a lot quicker. Um, many years ago, the Speed of Light in New Jersey raised money for tablets for India, I believe, on a little device bigger than this, not much bigger, a person preparing for pastoral ministry in a country that couldn't go to Bible college, couldn't order all the textbooks, could take that little device that we raised $100 for each device, and there's 52, at least 52 textbooks on that tablet. How many are glad for technology? We use it all the time, don't we? We use it in our own personal lives. We use it to spread the gospel all over the place. Somebody invented that thing, and we work with it. Um, Could I bring up a a picture uh, that a 
first one in the, in the yard. Ah, there you are. You think I don't have anything to offer. We saw a picture on Facebook years ago. My wife said, look at this. And I said, that is great. We made it. It's in our front yard. I added to it Jesus and the angels. There are pictures. There are people have stopped by and taken pictures of it. Do I know how many people were impacted? I do not know. All I want them to know at the first king size bed was a manger, and Jesus was laid there. He's our Savior. That's what I want them to know. You can't do anything? You can do all kinds of things if you put your mind to it. Now, I'm trying to come up with a new invention. There's all kinds of inventions. I'm going to talk about some of them. So you flick that next switch up there, a picture up there. An invention that is guaranteed to help. (laughs) By the way, it's not the car in the background. It's the clotheslines. Like... Everybody is talking about solar today. So I'm trying to help us all. I come up with this new invention. It's called Solar Clothes Dryer. (laughs) It's solar. (laughs) I have a kit with me. I have some clothesline and some clothespins. I have the kind you just push on. Then I have the springy kind. And if you'd like to take up the challenge, I'm trying to get a patent on it. But then it came to me. It's been around for hundreds of years. <laughs> and if you go up in the Amish country, they got the high clotheslines with the pulleys on them. I don't have the pulley kit for you. you give me the next uh, picture. And then someone beat me to it because there it is. It dries the washing using the very latest technology, a combination of solar and wind power. How good is that? <laughs> I mean, come on, solar and wind together? <laughs> Who'd have thought it? My wife's not buying it. And I was so discouraged because Pastor Brian and Paula and my wife and I were out to eat up in the Dutch country at a, a Mennonite restaurant. And the gal waiting on us, I thought she was Mennonite. She ended up being Amish. And I was trying to help her. I was trying to get her to help me to help my wife to say, this is a good idea. And she says, we have a dryer in our house. <laughs> I said, no, you don't. You're Amish, you have electricity and a dryer in your basement. She said, the bishop doesn't know everything. <laughs> Am I right? I'm not making up this story. I'm like, okay, so much for that. That, that went downhill real quick, okay? Um, actually, think about, think about things that you and I use all the time, okay? Have you ever ordered anything from christianbook.com online? Okay? You talk about simple beginnings. Don't ever despise a day of small beginnings. Uh, Humble Beginnings in 1978, two brothers, a 19-year-old Bible college freshman and a 14-year-old high schooler sold a few discounted academic titles to fellow students and pastors from their parents' home. Orders poured into small houses, driveway, bedrooms, and garage overflowed with boxes of books. After four decades of continued dedication to selection, savings, and service, Christian Book now has more than 600 employees and 500,000 Christian products in a 370,000-square-foot facility. Their statement, we're truly blessed to be able to serve our customers for over 40 years. Every time you pick that up, that's where it started. Small beginnings. Now tell me you don't have one of these in your house somewhere. Your car, your travel kit, Band-Aids. Every now and then on the news running, it'll show on this day in history. This day in history was a couple weeks ago. This guy invented Band-Aids in the 1920s. He married, and his wife was in the kitchen. You know how you're cutting stuff. She was always nicking herself. And they didn't have anything like this. They had these big clumsy things. He worked on it, and he worked with Johnson & Johnson. Band-Aids, they're everywhere. And you probably all use them at least once or twice or a dozen times in your life. How easy are they? And the song is, I'm stuck on Band-Aids because Band-Aids stick on me. They had a promotional to get these things all across America. They put them in the Boy Scout kits. Would Boy Scouts go out in the woods and do their stuff? And they had a little golden book. Remember the little golden books for kids? And Mr. Dan, the Band-Aid Man. And they're all about using Band-Aids and had like four or five Band-Aids in the beginning inside the cover for a sample. And it began to grow all over America. It's, it's, these stories are just so incredible to me. Um, how, many, how many remember these things? Hey, we'll talk down in a minute. I'm picturing Pastor Brian's mom sitting in a rocking chair. He's just a little baby. How many remember when your babies were little and you're sitting in a rocking chair rocking them? 
and you're feeding them, you're trying to get them to quiet, trying to go to sleep, and she's watching Rin Tin Tin or Lassie on TV. Has it down low, trying to get her son to go to sleep. And then this most annoying commercial comes on. It's tw twice as loud as the show. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, my goodness. I can't get up and go over there and shut down. Some smart person invented the TV audio remote control controls TV sound from 20 feet away. This came out in 1963. This is brand new yet. I found this, I think, in my in-law's stuff. They never opened it and used it. It says right here, 1963. Man, you just go behind that set, clip a couple wires, hook this button up, and now when she's sitting there rocking her little son, hmm, click, mute. Just mute, just totally mute. Commercial over, click. Here's Rin Tin Tin or Lassie, right? How cool is that? How many of you bought one of these things? You should have. You should have. It was the year he was born. Come on. No wires, though. We have all these things, don't we? We click buttons all over the place. We mute. We change channels. We do whatever. We, you know. I don't even know what half the buttons are for, but they're for something on there. Inventions. This Bible I have here is a full-life study Bible. Donald Stamps was working on it as he had cancer. It was dedicated to him in the front of this book. There's a write-up on Donald Stamps, a missionary. He completed all the notes before he died. My wife gave me a copy of this many, many, many years ago. Now we call them the Fire Bible. We put them in translations in other languages because a pastor can pick this up with all the notes he can study and understand God's Word and teach and preach it to others, as well as people that are sitting in the pews. What a great, great thing that God spoke to him to do, to be a blessing. Now, I want to tell you what, folks. There's lots of ways you and I can be a blessing if we choose to. And a few of the things now, important things that came out in 1963, in case you think that was pretty lame that came out in, you know, the year he was, your pastor was born. <laughs> how many of you, let's be honest this morning now, how many of you had or still have a lava lamp? I see a couple hands. 1963, lava lamp came out. How many ever wrote down or copied a sticker with the smiley face on it? 1963, that's when your mom was smiling, your dad was smiling. I don't know if the neighbors were smiling when you were crying in the middle of the night. I, I don't know. How about some of us remember the push button telephones? 1963, I'm not making this up. The computer mouse. Those of you who work with computers, you're so glad you don't have to be using the computer mouse today. I don't think you're using that. 1963, instant coffee. For some of you that love coffee, you're like, ah, that's disgusting. But for those that wanted a quick cup of coffee, instant coffee. 1963. Weight Watchers, 1963. The Hang Glider, 1963. Cassette Tapes, 1963. <laughs> This was the cat's meow. I'm telling you. What's that? Yeah, you're right. So think of all these things that people invented over you. So here's my question for you. How about asking God what he wants you to do to be a blessing in your world? Just ask him. You might be surprised that he'll answer you. Ask and you shall receive. Right? Seek and you'll find. And the and final letter is Y, which stands for young at heart. And 2 Corinthians, I need to find that very quickly here. Th this passage to me is so important, especially as we age. I, I don't want to become an old crank, shrivel up inside and outside, who once danced and jumped and worshiped God, but now, well, things have changed, my body's hurting, blah, blah, blah. Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart. This is 2 Corinthians 4.16. Don't lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. How many of you know that God can renew us day by day? God can show us his plan for us no matter what our life is. And he can help us, and he can help us to make life easier for a few people around us. So I, I'm always blessed that people come up to me with ideas to help me as I'm getting old so I don't lose heart. How many know what that is? That's a piece of wood, you're right. 
It's actually a piece of elm. How many know what that is? That's when your pastor's looking for volunteers. I need you. <laughs> and you. This will get your attention real fast. No, I'm just kidding. That, that's not what it's for. Someone came to our house around Christmas and said, Pastor, I saw this. And like some other stuff he got me years ago, like I had my name on it. And he said, I thought of you because he knows I cut wood. He knows I'm getting older, so it's harder. And he said, I thought this would really help you. You know what this is called? Anybody have one of these? This is called a hooker-on. I'm not making that up. It's called a hooker-on. You know what's so nice about this? A week or two ago, I was cutting a big tree down, had all these sections. And I had to get it from all the way over here to way over here to load my little tractor and stuff. And then you got to bend down and pick all these pieces. This here right here? I can pick that baby right up, stick that right in my little cart, pull it away in my little tractor. You think that's pretty cool? I think it's really cool. You just make sure when you're swinging it, you don't have your leg here in case you miss. <laughs> use, use the smarts. But years and years ago, in logging, they had tools like this, and they keep refining them. And someone made this so that people like me, if I hit the mark, I don't have to bend down for every piece of wood and lift it up. You can be a blessing, but you have to be willing to do this. You have to be willing to put on your work gloves. It's easy to talk about stuff. Yeah, I'm going to do I'm going to put your work gloves on. These are a pair of my old work gloves. I hate to throw them away. I even put duct tape on. I have a whole bunch of pairs like this laying around. One of these days, I'm going to throw them away until I can't put any more duct tape on them. These guys have been used for all kinds of work projects I do. But I got a pair for those of you here today. They're saying, God, what do you want to do with my life? These are brand new. Something about gloves, they don't work unless the hand's in them. You put your hand in there, God will put his hand on your life. He'll anoint you, and he'll thrust you out into the harvest field. Because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So again, God's speaking to our hearts that we will continue to labor, not lose heart no matter what your age. I was reminded that Moses was 80 years old when he confronted Pharaoh. David was a teenager when he confronted Goliath. God used them both in mighty ways. It didn't matter what the ages were. It's just that you have to have a willing heart. Lord Jesus, this morning, as we close this time together, you've spoken to us in so many ways throughout this entire service. And we just want to say yes to you, God. Not one of us knows what our future holds, but we're here today. Someone celebrated, a whole group probably, the day we were born. And we celebrate birthdays, and it's a big deal. We make a big deal, and we laugh, and we tell jokes, and all kinds. But we thank you for each new year you give us. And we want to be a blessing and serve our generation like David did. We don't waste the time procrastinating, saying things that we're never going to do. We want to put our hands in the gloves, roll up our sleeves, and work. I was reminded as I read through again of Dolores Flagstaff's statement on the little card that her work is done, but there's work for all of us yet to do. So, Lord, may we find it and faithfully serve you, serving our generation till the day you call us home. Then we'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over that which seems so small, so little. I'll make you ruler over so much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Help us, Lord, to take the gloves and put them on and do the work that is set before us. Bless this church, God. You put it here for a purpose. You're going to use this church continually to bless Salem County and beyond. Bless Pastor Brian and Paula. You put them here for a purpose. And every person that's in this church and the ones that are yet to come in, Lord, you're going to use their lives to bless this community until you return. We believe that, and we thank you, Lord, for the promise that you said you would build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Brian. Thank you for letting me come and share. And uh, God bless you folks. We love you all. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a big hand. Give him praise. Can you stand to your feet? Let me just give you a challenge before you go your way. 
those online give you a challenge as well. A glove is true. A glove is only just but a glove, but it needs to be filled. What a difference it is once you put your hands in it. Now it can do something. But if my hand's not in it, the glove just stays there. I can say all kind of things this, it was meant to do. It has a purpose. It has a purpose. You have a purpose. How many of you want to take God's glove and say, I want to put my hand, my life into it? Raise your hand. So let's, let's really ask God, ask God right now, even those by watching online. The first thing is you give God your life. That's the first thing you got to do. You got to put your, say, God, I want to give you my life. Make God your savior. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Know that the word of God is true. And that's the first step. And then putting your hand in the glove is good, right? So you make Jesus your savior, you put your, and now the glove is filled. But what happens? The glove has a purpose. What's the purpose? Work, serve, and now you have to do something. It's just not filling. You get God in you, then God wants to flow through you. So how many of you want to do the work of God? Raise your hand. See, that's a real choice you have to. You have to want to work. Let's ask God right now to help us. Father, I pray right now that you would touch those watching online and those here. That, Lord, as we place Jesus in our hearts... As we say, God, forgive us. Forgive us, God, for all the things we've done. I make you my Savior. I choose today to serve you. No longer am I going to serve anything else. Many times my legs took me down to the bar, but now my legs are going to take me to church. And so, Father, right now I choose to serve you. I put my hand in your glove to the service of your work. So, Lord, I may build your kingdom all the days that I live. Let me be active and fervent in my faith. That is what I pray. This is my desire. If that's your desire with a big, loud say, in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.